up, guys? It's Danny with you here. Uh, we This is a new reconfiguration of the show. We're no longer doing the show live. We're doing it all pre-produced. And then every Wednesday, you're going to get all of the videos compiled into one on the podcast platform so you don't miss anything. This week, we have a review for you. It is the My Hero Ultra Rumble. We are talking about some Xbox accessory news. And we have deals of the week for you, as always. If you don't like this format, let us know. If you do like this format, definitely let us know. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. And you can subscribe on YouTube so you can get all the videos right there the days they come out. We appreciate you, and thank you for checking the show out. Next to nothing. Game review. My Hero Ultra Rumble. My Hero Ultra Rumble is a new, licensed Battle Royale game built on the incredibly popular My Hero Academia franchise. But is it any good? Let's discuss that. Released in September of this year, it is a free-to-play game that is available on Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. If you want to play it on PC, you're going to need a 64-bit operating system and processor, Windows 10, an AMD FX 6300, or Intel Core i5 2550K, AMD Radeon HD 7770, or a GeForce GTX 650 Ti to run it. This game also requires six gigabytes of free space in your hard drive, but don't worry, that space might be freed up again pretty quick depending on who you are. So let's start with the front page. First, you load into the game and are immediately assaulted by My Hero's incredibly saturated art style that feels like you're getting flashbanged whenever you're playing in a dark room. Ow! God damn it. Also, this is one of those games that loves throwing screens and menus at you, so you'll spend at least the first three minutes of any play session trying to figure out why the hell there's an exclamation mark on your screen. Also, if you leave the game running while you're doing anything else, there will be an occasional remark by whatever character you have selected about how long it's taking you to click the game. Can't I just get out of here? I get it. You want me to play but I'm going to doom scroll on Twitter for about five minutes first, all right? Then, whenever you get over your existential dread, you can pick your waifu out of the 18 character roster that best reflects your degenerate weeb tastes. There are pretty much the usual suspects you'd expect to see in an MHA game. You've got Deku, Bakugo, Shigaraki, and Dobby to select, but there are some odd choices in the playable roster, like Kendo and Symmetos. Like, I under I don't understand what, why, why? Also, the playable roster skews heavily to the hero side of the series like i want to see more villains where are some of the other villains i feel like stain or twice should at least be here at the start but ignoring the roster for a second characters all have different playstyles or roles assigned to them some characters are support some characters are rapid which i guess just means that they're mobile maybe they're good scouts i i don't know some characters though are assault and others are strike oh and technical if you can figure out what all the differences in character roles are you can let me know in the comments my guess is that technical is a mix of the other four archetypes but i really don't know what the difference between strike and assault is supposed to be but you do get to start with five characters unlocked each who fits into one of these archetypes so you can discover your preferred play style pretty quickly i should also quickly touch on how you unlock characters because it's incredibly unclear for anyone who's just loading into the game and as far as i can tell you can only unlock characters through the loot box system in the game which requires you to spend tickets or crystals on i learned this by accident when spending the tickets that i had on some rolls and I unlock Kirishima randomly. 
So uh, with that note being said, if you thought this game might fall into the pay to win bucket, you're kind of right. Games are fought in teams of three, so you can either try to convince your friends that you're playing Momo for completely in-game related reasons, or you can just lobby up with strangers who you don't have to explain shit to. Each character has three moves, a regular long-ranged attack, there's some movement-based attacks, and some heavy attacks. Characters also have an ultimate that they can use whenever their plus ultra meter fills up. There is some amount of character synergy, so you do want to consider team balance. A character like Cementos, who creates obstacles, would pair well with a character like Dobby, who can lead fire traps as well as AoE attacks. But I don't think this is as deep as something like Apex Legends, where some characters support or counter others almost directly. One thing you'll notice about this game is that it pretty much plays like any other mid-tier battle royale that came out between 2016 and 2019. That wonderful time in gaming where Fortnite dominated Twitch and games like Darwin Project and Spellbreak would fail to get off the runway. You pick your spawn location with your teammates, pick up items that will power you up and fight other teams with a map that progressively shrinks to a cloud of poison gas. Last team surviving wins. Yippee! Combat is incredibly fast paced though. So if you're someone who enjoys more twitchy gameplay a la Fortnite, then you're probably gonna do well at this game. So far, there's only one map, which I guess is supposed to be like the Hero Rescue Training Center from Season 1. There are some regions like Mountain Region, City, and like Volcano, but it's not very much and it's not very remarkable map design. To be honest, I got bored of this game in the first hour of playing. I figured out pretty much everything I needed to know about this game pretty quickly. But because I love you guys, I soldiered on for over two and a half hours just to see if it tickled me at all. One thing that might be a deal breaker for you is that there is no crossplay. So if you're hoping this would be a good community game or something that you could enjoy with all your gamer TM friends, then you're going to want to look somewhere else. From its all right at best gameplay loop, four plus currencies and multiple storefronts, this game to me feels like Bandai's latest attempt at whale hunting. When I checked the stats on SteamDB, it was released with a concurrent player count of over 46,000 players. At the time of writing this video, that fell to 24,000 players on PC. That is a drop of 47% in players in almost two weeks, which tells me two things. This game isn't retaining players, and players aren't excited to try this game. Marketing around this game was pretty scarce too. The only reason I even found out about it was because it ended up on the front page of Steam for me. Call me cynical, but this feels like this game is just a repeat of Bandai's Gundam Evolution, which they just shut down. I have a prediction for this game, and it's not a good one. My prediction for this game is that it's going to linger for about a year and a half with a small group of players before it fizzles out due to lack of support and community interest. This game will eventually die out, and it'll die out sooner than later. With all that said, if you are still asking the question, should you play My Hero Ultra Rumble? Here's what I'm going to say to you. If you're looking for an all right time, play Ultra Rumble. There's nothing here that is actively bad, and nothing here that is exceptionally good. If you're a fan of My Hero Academia, you're going to get more mileage out of this than someone who isn't. But don't expect this to be the de facto My Hero Academia gaming experience. I'm also going to recommend that you stay away from the $30 starter pack unless you really, really like this game. But why play a mid-tier 
battle royale that would have been old five years ago when there are plenty more interesting battle royales and extraction shooters on the market. Have you played My Hero Ultra Rumble? If you have, let us know down in the comments. Subscribe for more videos just like this. You can also find full episodes of our podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. Next to nothing. News. Xbox bans unauthorized accessories. You might have seen some headlines popping up over the last couple of weeks talking about how Xbox is cracking down on unauthorized accessories. In this episode of the news from Next to Nothing, we're going to explain what it all means. So let's start with some of the early warning signs people started seeing, right? Did you guys like see some of the reports on, on this? Yeah, Error man. Codes. Not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a lot of it first started with an error code and a message that uh, when users were plugging in specific accessories into their devices. And I'm going to display like the error code on screen in case anyone watches this and they're like, why am I getting this error code? This is what it means. But it also came with this message and it read, a connected accessory is not authorized. Using unauthorized accessories compromises your gaming experience. For this reason, the unauthorized accessory accessory will be blocked from use on November 12th, 2023. For help returning it, check with the store it came from or contact the manufacturer to see authorized accessories. Go to xbox.com slash accessories. Yeah, that'll that'll work. That'll for work. Sure. That'll work. Um, and yeah, if you are eagle eyed, uh, you're going to notice that the date of 1112 is only a few days after like the release of this video. So you will want to be sure to check your devices and accessories if you still haven't. Uh, so yeah, if your accessories are are from a well-known brand like Scuff, Turtle Beach, Razor, Corsair, Steel Series, or pretty much any other recognizable brand that you'll find at Best Buy or Walmart, it, it's pretty unlikely that you'll come across this issue. Uh, yeah, it's just other accessories that are. Yeah, uh, and there are or like there were like early reports of people saying that their accessories were already not working um windows central who is actually a really good source on this uh story uh and i'm going to link their article in the description for more information but they reached out to microsoft directly for comment on october 30th and they got the following response quote microsoft and other licensed xbox hardware partners accessories are designed and manufactured with quality standards for performance security and safety unauthorized accessories can compromise the gaming experience on xbox consoles players may receive a pop-up warning that their accessory is unauthorized eventually the unauthorized accessory will be blocked from use to preserve the console gaming experience well that's a good thing though because there's uh devices like uh from companies like titan and cronus that can be used to cheat uh through a pass-through method uh so that's actually you know, some like a positive yeah, like some of the security and safety stuff, I understand. Um, performance, uh, I'm like, well, if I want to buy cheap shit and like be bad at gaming because of my cheap shit. That kind <laughs> of is on me. But um, there's there's a lot more. They they provide some links for support and where to get like authorized accessories. But it's not just about people who are trying to like save a buck, right? Like there are some communities who are going to be impacted because of this unauthorized accessories ban, right? Um, and according to Ars Technica, two of the most prominent communities that are going to be impacted by this are fighting game players in Mendachi. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but also accessibility issues as well. There are some accessories that are meant for accessibility, people who have um, 
find motor skill issues. You know, they need different kinds of equipment if they're blind or deaf. Um, and actually, we will talk about some of that uh, from a blind expert here pretty soon. But it, let's go to fighting games first, where according to Maximilian Dude, I've never heard of him. Have you heard of him, Mendachi? Oh, yeah. I've been watching Max Ford uh, probably the better part of like a decade. Uh, he is an old head in the YouTuber fighting game community. And uh, he was actually one of the reasons why Killer Instinct made such a comeback back in 2013 and was a huge pusher and mover, uh, which ultimately allowed the game see um, quite a few more years and a resurgence in the fighting game community. He's also uh, sponsored, I should add, he is sponsored by a couple different uh fighting game stick companies the most notably if i remember right is kanba and uh they are one of the most popular fight game sticks uh fight stick um creators manufacturers in that entire universe uh and it is those people that are primarily going to be affected yeah. So he he released a statement uh, that I thought was interesting. He said, quote, essentially, this is a death sentence for local fighting game events that run on Xbox, much less others that uh, others that can only afford one arcade stick. The Brook converters are not cheap devices. They're a huge boon to the fighting game community. And Brook Gaming is one of the most notable manufacturers who is impacted by this change. Um, from what I could find, the two products in their lineup that are going to be like the most impacted or like the ones that most people being like we really need these is the wingman xb2 converter and the xb fighting board um and mendachi you're the fighting game expert among us like is can you provide like some input as to like why these tools or these devices are, are kind of required and why this is a big deal for uh fighting game players yeah, absolutely. So like what these two converters allow you to do is when you're running something local, uh, it for one thing, you got to remember that video gaming, as we all know, is a luxury, but uh, it's an expensive luxury. Hardware is exceptionally expensive. And uh, when you're looking at locals, you're looking at needing uh, a lot of different setups if you want your tournament to run smoothly and quickly or rather efficiently so when it comes to uh needing these converters to allow people to bring their own controllers to the fighting game competition because again these things are expensive you're probably going to bring your own these are going to be inspected by someone in-house uh, to see if they would be able to be used now imagine if you were primarily playing this fighting game on say playstation and uh your fight stick i don't know for some reason let me just build you a hyperbole here uh you put a lot of money into a custom fight stick it's super sick but for some reason doesn't work with like some of the software that might be on a newer xbox one x um you would use one of these converters to essentially allow you to use that fight stick on that system for one. So it is a converter that allows players to use their fight sticks on a setup that otherwise would not. And a lot of locals actually have to go through this route or other routes in order to rig together these setups in order to allow people to play uh, on even ground. You know, it's in order for uh, competition to be a competition. It, simply put, this kneecaps other players. Um, or it forces them to try and learn something else. It forces them to buy hardware ahead of time in lieu of running into a situation in which, oh, hey, these converters don't work anymore. You need to bring this. 
you know, like uh, they're going to likely have to start printing this out um, ahead of time um, on graphics saying like, hey, you need to bring Xbox supported yada yada because everything that we have here is Xbox. You know, it, it really just kind of it creates an exceptional ripple effect. It's very, very bad. Yeah. Um, so past fighting games, right? There's another majorly impacted group of legitimate users who would be, you know, gamers with disabilities. Because one thing I wanted when I was kind of researching this and I'm like, oh, you know what? Who is actually impacted by this? Is this like a money grab? Is this like people are just mad because like cheat devices are being banned? No, like there are legitimate use cases. And I actually think the gamers with disability is a, a you know, a pretty solid example of like, you you could be doing unintentional harm and so i reached out to a uh, friend of the show and blind accessibility expert brandon cole for just like a quick comment and he dm'd this back green you want to read that do your best uh best brandon cole impression oh man uh okay so quote their own xbox adaptive controller will be impacted by this part of the point of the way that controllers is built is that it allows for users to connect their own buttons switches or accessibility devices such as sip and puff systems to the controller to act as buttons. Limited third-party accessories literally limit which of these things disabled players can use. Yeah. End quote. So, so there, there is some stuff that I've seen about the accessibility thing, but I, I, I kind of want to have like this broad statement of like, this can impact gamers with disabilities, and if it's not handled correctly, it can impact them more. It, you know, worse. But according to Microsoft in their statements to Windows Central, as of November 1st, they claim that users connecting devices the via the 3.5 millimeter port or the uh, USB sockets on the adaptive controller will not be impacted by these restrictions. And that is by design exactly for players with adaptive needs. But I still think there are very valid concerns for disabled gamers since it's very rare for them to get support and if brands who are going out of the way to develop niche products for accessibility accessories can't get official licenses or support from microsoft then there's going to be a serious gap issue for that segment of players right because these aren't money making you know products these are products that people make because out of, kind of out of the goodness of their heart because they're expensive to develop and they don't sell that well um so this i think this is like the one area that like microsoft has to pay really particular attention to because otherwise they are going to fuck over a lot of their players um and really for more information on especially blind accessibility in gaming do go check out our past episodes with brandon uh go check out his content as a whole uh we'll leave some links in the description fantastic uh gentleman uh and scholar um, but those are like the two most impacted groups, at least as far as we could see in our research in, into this topic. Um, in terms of the actual product categories that are going to be impacted uh, by this change, by this ban, it really seems like it's going to be mostly in the controller sector, controller and inputs sector um, of, of Xbox. Uh, headsets should remain pretty much unimpacted. Uh, wireless... <laughs> Wireless headsets require a security chip from Xbox to be compatible. External storage should be just fine as well. So you don't need to go and rush and get a new hard drive if that's a concern that you had reading this story. Um, but before we wrap up this video, I, I kind of wanted to take a quick second and just do a roundtable discussion on our opinions. Like, what are you guys feeling about this? How do you what 
Do you think there were like other solutions? What are some other uh, areas that people might want to have concerns for? And uh, I'll start with you, Mendachi. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, in, in when we were talking about fighting games as a whole like this, this is like a massive issue for the FGC and it ultimately throws those players out with the bathwater and Maximilian dude actually did, did do a uh, YouTube video on this. You can find it on his channel, Maximilian dude. If you just type in Maximilian fighting games, um, you can scroll through it. It's about like an 11 minute video and he does a pretty good breakdown uh, and just kind of explains like, Hey, you should probably listen to the plight of these, you know, hundreds of thousands of players. Um, fight game sticks are not, just used by competitors either uh friend of the show brent has uh at least one i know um and i believe that was a it might have been a conba um but like it's it's not just people who are going to co uh, competitions like this is feels anti-consumer uh and so one of the things that i was kind of thinking about is that this does kind of feel like it might violate some sort of antitrust law especially if you like it doesn't I should say you don't have to finagle this very much to make it feel more antitrust. And after some very quick Google foo, uh, I kind of came across, you know, obviously the Sherman Antitrust Act, which um, it feels like it actually might explicitly violate that. And so, and quote, this law prohibits conspiracies that unreasonably restrain trade under the Sherman Act agreements among competitors to fix prices or wages, rig bids or allocate customers, workers or markets are criminal violations. So when you say your fight sticks as a whole, this company or these companies, including massive, massive organizations like Evo, hey, if you're using Xboxes like Xbox systems to run this game, you need to have uh, hardware that will use Xbox hardware. Like it's, it's kind of uh, forcing people to either buy Xbox uh, uh, approved hardware ahead of time to learn and get used to using over their preferred hardware so this kind of one impedes competition as a whole in a very very large and mind you lucrative entertainment industry of fighting game competitions um so i wouldn't be surprised if we you know saw evo like issuing statements out ahead of time um but they are probably biding their time uh because i don't really necessarily see this sticking it didn't work for dell I don't really see it working for Microsoft. Uh, and every day, Microsoft is beginning to look a little bit more like Goliath every day. Uh, they just keep getting bigger. Uh, and I think that it's going to be something small that's going to end up kind of being their Achilles heel in this. Uh, one other thing that I didn't actually note in our show notes that I wanted to bring up is that I find it very like again it makes sense you're worried that there might be something bad that could happen to one of your baby systems out there someone might you know uh you know use something as a pass-through and and jailbreak your system and now they're playing everything that you already have for free on game pass but now they just own it explicitly somehow or some way or another they're just using it as some sort of um at-home server uh, or like some sort of Plex server. And yeah, that's, that's, you know, really dangerous or something like that. But it's not like you're running around selling Dreamcasts, okay? Like people can't just 
print out video games for the Xbox, you're not you're not, you know, in trouble of uh, uh, throwing away an entire generation of systems. So I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of this is just a really strange knee jerk um, swing for the fences thing with uh, Xbox America's new president kind of sitting down. Um, really strange, dude. Really weird that you would go right here and say, all right, we're going to line up all of these third party hardware uh, folks and we're just going to Tommy gun them. Yeah, I, I definitely would be I would love to hear from like uh, uh, Legal Eagle or Richard Hoig if like this does like how this does and does not relate to antitrust laws, because right. that definitely does feel like it could be like it there, skirts. Yeah, <laughs> it, it could. There might be a there there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Green, what do, what are some thoughts you had when when we were researching this and discussing this? So I'm, I'm like on a two sided coin here. Like I, I am one of the people that have tasted the uh, negative effects of like you know say, say the Chronos, where like people are using a, a controller and this this equipment that's like plugged in from the controller to the system um, that effectively is you know easy mode cheat you know cheat codes without actually downloading cheats it's hard to like detect and it's it's difficult on the other end i feel like this is more of like a a guys under the wrap of like we're getting rid of these systems as a way to get a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to aftermarket equipment uh because like you know for some people an xbox series s at you know at 250 dollars or 200 you know 90 dollars whatever it is uh, i know it's sub 300 dollars. that's still expensive that's an expensive console to a lot of people um, so to like, you know, especially family, you know, families that have multiple kids, like it's a, a Xbox controller is 60 bucks. You know, that's uh, a lot of money. Um, you know, when you get like, a you know, shout out to OGs, like the Mad Cats and stuff like that, where it's, you know, there's just steep controllers for like 20 bucks. It, it, it just feels like um, it feels super anti-consumer in that way. Um, it, it gives me off like Apple vibes because Apple did that as well with like their their cords, like their charging cords. Like it had to have a, a chip in it that was Apple licensed. Um, you know, like a, a lot of like car companies are moving to like where you need like they make it extremely more difficult to use aftermarket uh, you know, parts for like different vehicles uh, because they're so complex and stuff like that. But this is not this is an Xbox. This isn't a fucking you know, 2024, you know, four GT or anything like that. Like it, it's, it's, it, it's scummy in, in like mm -hmm. the plainest words, which is sad because Microsoft's, you know, seemed like they were moving towards like a, a, a better place in terms of like, uh, you know, they bought Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard. They, you know, they were making it to where like, you know, all their games are going on PC same day as Xbox, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it was like getting away from like that whole console war thing, but this like takes it to a different level where it's like, yeah, we're doing that, but we're also, you know, want that money in our pocket. It's, it's, it, it's odd. It, it just seems like a weird power play. Yeah. Unnecessary really. Yeah. It, and it feels kind of weird that it's happening at the time that it is. It's like, Oh, holidays are right around the corner. Hopefully you didn't buy shit prematurely. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that... you know a lot of those, a lot of those like third party ones that like 
are going to have to either like get officially Xbox licensed or they're going to have to stop making, you know? Yeah. Uh, like uh, I've been eyeing uh, a game store controller for a while uh, for my PC, but I, I know that they're Xbox licensed. Um, so hopefully they're not like super affected, like with all their controllers, but uh, it just, yeah, it just seems pretty scummy in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's some stuff there that I, I kind of like, I definitely agree with you on. Like, I definitely understand like the, the need for security, like, and, and safety and stuff like that. You know, if devices are used to bypass security systems to cheat, you know, stuff like that, that's all fine and dandy. But like, for me, there are just very specific instances where like, I feel like we have to like weigh the costs and benefits of an update like this and like the some of it is like the cost right like the like the the actual cost of the devices like you mentioned like this is probably going to bring up the base cost of anything that like any of these types of accessories um because they're gonna have to be more expensive they're gonna have to like meet whatever standards uh, Xbox wants to set up and also you know with that those standards comes licensing you know for specific types of you know bluetooth receivers and senders and all stuff like all sorts of stuff like that but you know as i mentioned accessibility products aren't exactly huge money makers and those are very niche products for very specific populations and i am concerned that this is going to further discourage companies from creating accessibility accessories for that population segment and like that population segment like i said they don't have a lot of support as it is and so they this update could effectively kill that if it's not handled correctly. And I would I would definitely look to more accessibility experts for their for their view on that. You know, Brandon um, and and some of the other people he's worked with. I would definitely talk to more about that. Um, that's just a really big gap for for that player segment to have to bridge on their own if this update does, in fact, kill that market. But. I don't think I have any other comments, opinions. Are you guys, are you guys good? Yeah, I think I, I think I said my piece, but yeah, it's like, you know, this is, this is shooting yourself in, in, in your own foot, but like with a 12 gauge, I think, honestly, um, they haven't pulled the trigger yet, but, uh, it doesn't look good. You should probably, you should probably just not. Um, but I guess, I guess there was one note that I wanted to add and that it was just like uh, really scummy to just not do a press release. Nothing like that. Just have players be like, what the H when they plugged in their, their shit next and only to see an error code and then, you know, try to find something out. And then, you know, the first thing that they can find is what a, a fucking Reddit post. Like <laughs> that is ridiculous um, that people had to find out this way. And uh you know, no, no manufacturer, no, no retailer, nothing like that is going to, you know, lie back and be like, yeah, that's okay. We'll go ahead and take this potentially heavy used item back from you. Uh, and we're not going to buy it because who the hell is going to repurchase it? Right. You're, you're effectively, you know, uh, just end of lifing. Yeah, exactly. You're end of lifing just hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of hardware it's insane it's so stupid yeah but hey i think that's gonna do it for the news 
this week from us on Next to Nothing. Uh, that's going to do it for this video. Let us know in the comments if uh, what you think of this change for you, especially when you hear from you, if you are in any of the impacted groups, if you are a fight stick uh, you know, connoisseur, if you are someone who has accessibility issues, uh, if you have, have hardware that is going to be uh, now just e-waste, um, let us know in the comments how what you think, how you're going to be dealing with this, and if there are if there's anything that we miss, because definitely, um, you know, we, we talked about a couple of groups, but there might be more people who are impacted, so definitely let us know. Make sure you subscribe, like, follow, and comment, and we'll see you in the next one. Deals of the week. Welcome to NTN's Deals of the Week. Starting off, Tiny Build currently has a publisher sale underway on Steam, running to November 9th. You can pick up great titles like Kill It With Fire, Potion Craft, Graveyard Keeper, Happy's Humble Burger Farm, and our favorite pick, Not For Broadcast. Be sure to listen for our dear friend Rev Sven in your playthroughs of Happy's. Next up on Steam, Marvel's Midnight Suns is currently 60% off until November 13th. Enter into an alternative universe of your favorite Marvel superheroes in this turn-based deck-building RPG. Finally, we have a massive bundle deal over at Humble Bundle with Roll20 that ends on November 8th. For $30, this bundle includes great tabletop RPG resources like Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Cyberpunk Red, Star Trek Adventures, and much more. Proceeds from this bundle also help the charity Extra Life. Next Nothing is also a Humble Bundle affiliate, so feel free to use our link in the description below. Thank you for watching this week, and be sure to hit that subscribe button for new gaming deals every Monday.